Welcome to the Urban Church Podcast. If you would like more information about Urban, please visit our website at lifeaturban.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the message. We're going to continue our series today on carnal Christianity. This is Carnal Christianity Part 2. And uh, in this series, we've been talking about the concept of carnal Christianity. And we're going to continue that today and then two more weeks. I'm, exci- I'm getting excited. We've been studying for next week and the week after. Um, God's just really been downloading some things into me. And uh, I'm excited to share them with you. And so we're going to continue that journey. But turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And we've pretty much summed up the essence of the gospel um, to this phrase, die to yourself. If you read uh, what Jesus is telling people, you know, to pick up your cross, follow after him, you know, uh, what's he really saying? He's saying, look, you've got to die to yourself and take on a new life. And in Luke 9, verse 23, it says this, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, this is Jesus talking, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, one of, these, one of these times in this uh, series, we're going to really camp on that and talk about that, what it means to take up your cross. And if you all know what it meant for Jesus to take up his cross, it meant he had to die. And there's a lot of times in this Christian walk where we face that struggle to either die to ourselves or continue on with what we want to do. So the essence that we're talking about is of uh, the gospel is dying to yourself. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 verses 5 and 6. And it says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, or to be carnally minded is death. But to set one's mind on spirit is life and peace, or to be spiritually minded is life and peace. A couple more scriptures here. 1 Corinthians 3, 1-6. through 6. Paul actually addresses some people in Corinth about this issue of carnal Christianity. 1 Corinthians 3.1, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while where there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh? and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human or carnal-minded? What then is Apollos? Or what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos' water, but God gave the increase. If you're struggling over these things, if, you're, if there's jealousy, if there's, if there's envy, if there's strife among you, or if you're arguing, if you're a part of this place or a part of that place, are you not being carnally minded? Now, one more place, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-5. through 5. It says, I, When I come to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my message were not in the plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith 
might not rest in the wisdom of man, or that your faith might not rest in men, but in the power of God or in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would speak to us so clearly out of your word, and God, we would walk out of this place more in love with you than when we came in. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Last week, we, uh, we began talking about carnal Christianity, and as we talked about carnal Christianity, what we really want to begin to do is, is, is really... I guess, demystify this thing that some people call carnal Christianity. Last week, as we were talking about, we discovered this, that the Bible says that you're either for him or you're against him. Okay, there's no in-between. That you're either madly in love in Jesus Christ and you're pursuing him. Now listen to me, that doesn't mean you don't mess up. Okay? We all know that we all have fallen short of the glory and grace of God, okay? And it's through Jesus Christ that we're restored. And we know that in our pursuit of Jesus, in our pursuit of holiness, in our pursuit of going after the things of God, every once in a while we mess up, or at least I do. I can't speak for you, okay? Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. At least I mess up, okay? That doesn't mean I don't love him, okay? Sometimes there's times when me and my wife might get in a discussion. You with me, okay? Just because we're in a discussion doesn't mean I don't, I don't love her, Okay? I love her as soon as she admits that I'm right and she's wrong. I'm totally kidding. Okay, just kidding. Please forgive me, Jesus. Okay? <laughs> just because as I'm pursuing Jesus Christ, just because I mess up every once in a while doesn't mean I don't love God. Are you with me? Okay, we all slip, we all fall, but the Bible says although a righteous man falls seven times, what does he do? He gets up and he keeps going after God. The worst thing you can do is stay down because if you stay down, that means you're not righteous anymore. Are you with me? Okay, so we, keep, we get up and we get going after God. Okay? But we discovered in the Word that we're either for God or we're against God. We're either spiritually minded or we're carnally minded. What what did Paul say about that? Paul said that if you're spiritually minded, then your focus is on the things of the Spirit. Okay? That that my focus is... Now, that doesn't mean that you don't enjoy life. Okay? Because the Bible says He came to give us life and life more abundant. Okay? But my focus is on spiritual things. In other words, let me put it this way. My focus is on how is this activity improving my life or somebody else's life? Are you with me? Okay? If I go surfing with a buddy, come on, that's improving my life and somebody else's life. Okay? We're, we're, we're sharpening one another in our surfing. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? Okay? It's good to enjoy life. God gave us all these things to enjoy. Okay? But there are many things that people engage in, many activities that people do that are not encouraging themselves or encouraging anybody else. Are you with me? And we're going to talk about some of those things. And so what is that? That's fleshly minded. Okay? But we want to be spiritually minded. If you're a spiritually minded person and you don't want to miss next week because we're going to talk about the difference between relationships and friendships. Okay? And we're going to look at that and how, how too often times we surround ourselves with relationships. People that, people that will accept us just for who we are. But you know what a friendship does? A friendship challenges you in who you are so that you become a better person. Are you with me today? It's too easy for us to surround ourselves with relationships that everybody just accepts us. I'm getting into next week's message. I'm sorry. But man, we've got to surround ourselves with friendships that will challenge us in who we are and cause us to grow in Jesus Christ. Are you with me this morning? Why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because I I believe this. Somehow this concept of carnal Christianity has crept into the church. And by the church, I don't mean this church or that church. I mean us. We are the church. And somehow this carnal Christianity mentality has crept into us to where, man, if I get to church on Sunday, although I partied last night, man, it's going to be okay. Okay? 
What is that? Man, that is carnal. Man, that, if you are fleshly minded, then you're fleshly minded. There is no in between. Okay? The Bible says I'd rather have you be hot or cold, not lukewarm. I'm okay? Read the Bible. Read Revelations. Okay? I'm going I'm to spew you out. Okay? So, man, you've got to either be in one camp or the other camp. Are you with me this morning? Okay? So why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because the Bible says that we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Okay? In other words, that means this. People are looking to us. If we profess to be Christians, we're saying something. And people, okay? Now here, here's the problem is a lot of times it starts right up here, okay? Or it starts right in there in mom and dad with the children. Are you with me? And so they, they hear you say you're a Christian and then they observe your life. And so to them, to be a Christian means I can go do all these things throughout the week and then come to church on Sunday and I'm a Christian. Are you with me? So we've got to address this issue and understand that, hold on a second, no, 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 no. We've got to address this carnal Christianity mentality because now it's beginning to, you know, you know, get inside to where, okay, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's not what, man, to be a Christian means that you deny yourself, man. You pick up your cross daily and you go after God. That means some things you don't do, not just because you, it, it's a sin, but because it might cause somebody else to sin. Okay? What does this word carnal mean? The word carnal means fleshly or flesh. In the Bible, it's used to people living in the world. This is the word. Carnal is the word used when describing people that are living worldly. Okay? Christianity, it just means to be a Christ follower, are those who are devoted to following Jesus. Carnality has crept into the church. We've got to address it. Okay? Here, Paul actually addresses it. He addresses it in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, guys, he's, he's actually talking to the church. He's like, guys, why are you carnally minded? How does carnal-minded Christianity get into the church? We talked about last week. The difference between decisions or salvations. Okay? The difference between, I decided to follow Christ or, my God, the cross of Jesus Christ saved me. Are you with me? And this thing called decisions has gotten like, oh, we made decisions for Christ. We made decisions for Christ. Look, I can't love him until he first loves me. Because he loved me, now I can love him. I didn't simply just decide one day to be like, oh, I'm going to follow up. No, what I decided to do was stop being bullheaded and stupid and realize that God is awesome and Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, and that whether I admit that he's Lord of my life, he's still Lord anyway. Are you with me? All I did is come to realize, okay, I'm going to stop being stubborn. Okay, you're Lord, right? And I'll tell you what, man, life gets a lot better when you come to that realization doesn't mean you won't walk through the same issues. It just means that you realize he's there walking through the issues with you. Are you with me this morning? Okay? So we talked about the difference between decisions and salvations. Man, because of the grace of God, we're saved. What does it say? You're saved by grace through faith. But guess what? That faith isn't yours. It came from him. Okay? He set you up to get saved. He set you up for salvation. It's crept into the church. Decisions or salvations. Today, I want to talk to you about this real quickly. Okay? I want to talk to you about are we personality driven or are we person driven? Are we personality driven or person driven? What do I mean by that? Personality driven or person driven? Let's see if I can try to explain this. Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 is, is looking, you know, he's looking at the word, he's saying this. He said, Look, you guys are arguing over whether you're of Paul or whether you're of Apollos. He says this, because you're arguing over who you're following, you're carnally minded. Okay? Your mind's carnal. 
Because really, you're not following Paul, you're not following Apollos, you're supposed to be following the person, Jesus Christ. Okay? You're not following this personality. Okay? Paul's saying, you're not following this personality because I'm going to fail you. Yes, I know he says, follow me as I follow Christ, but listen to me, if you're following somebody as they're following Christ, you better make sure they're following the right Christ. Okay? Paul says, look, you guys got it wrong. Don't follow a personality. It's not about just where you attend or, or the person that speaks or the person that preaches or I really like that worship band or, man, I really like the way they do their media or, you know, whatever it is. No, you better be following Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And this is what Paul is addressing. Are you personality driven or are you person driven? Okay. And literally, I believe that carnal Christianity has crept into the church, not just through decisions over salvations, but being personality-driven over person-driven. Can I just tell you that one of the, I've, been, I've been a pastor now for probably 12 years, okay? And one of the battles that I face, okay, and I believe every pastor faces, is what are we going to do with this stage? What are we going to do with it? Okay? Are we going to use it to really promote Jesus Christ? Are we really going to use it to push the gospel or are we going to use it to push our agenda? Okay? That is one of the battles that, that I face and I'm sure many other pastors around the world face. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to handle it? Okay, and there is honestly, there's times where um, whether, it be, um, whether it be a blog, whether it be a devotional, whether it be me preaching, I can feel my flesh rising up, okay? And I'm going to, I want to start to push, you know, whatever it might be, okay? But this is not a soapbox, are you with me? This is a platform that Jesus Christ has allowed me to share the love of him with you with. Are you with me? Okay? And so it's a battle that we face. The thing is, if we don't conquer that battle, what happens? If I become personality-driven, those that attend here become personality-driven. Okay? And then we live our life personality-driven, which in just a minute we're going to see is a very selfish lifestyle. We have got, Paul is saying this, look, whatever you do, man, I might plant, he might water, but guess what? It's always God that gives the increase. Okay, we're pointing. What did he say? He said, look, I don't preach my own words. I'm not preaching with persuasive words trying to persuade you to Jesus Christ. Because if I can persuade you to Jesus Christ, someone can persuade you away from Jesus Christ. I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, and then the decision or the choice to stop being bullheaded, okay, and just, man, it's, it's true. Okay? Rests there between you and God. Okay? Paul addresses this, and this is the same battle that, that faces our, our, our churches today. You know? Oh, where, you go to church? Oh, yeah, I go too. You know, whatever it might be. And a lot of times when you ask people where they go to church, whether it's urban or another church, they'll give you an aspect about the church that they like. Oh, yeah, so and so, he is such a funny communicator. <laughs> really? What did you learn? I don't know, but I was laughing the whole time. Awesome. And that one band, oh my gosh, at that one church, whew, smoking. I mean, they got four albums out. Do you guys have an album out yet? Uh, no. <laughs> Not yet. Jeez, give us a break. We just started eight months ago. You know. But there's this, what is that? That is the same battle that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 3. I mean, I'll just, I'm just going to be real with you, and, and it probably happens here too, but when, some, you know, when you ask, when's the last time you heard, oh man, Jesus is there. I don't remember who spoke, but man, when they spoke, man, the presence of God was there, and this is what I learned. Are you with me? Okay. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, even I thought, I was like, I, you know, I'll even ask my wife, hey, was I funny enough today? I was like, wait, what's my goal? Is my goal to make people laugh? 
Or is my goal to lead people closer to Jesus Christ? Hey, was that good when I said that one thing? And she like, I don't remember what you said. It was just a good, you know. My wife is real good at, you know, because I'm, I'm real good at going like this and blowing my head up. She's real good at just, pop. Hey, and it's all good because, you know, that's not a bad thing. Trust me. That's why my head is so small. Just kidding. All right. Oh, I made them laugh. Write that one down. Just kidding. All right. Back to the Word of God, okay? Back to the Word of God. Personality-driven or person-driven? Okay, let's look at this real quickly. How do we become personality-driven rather than person-driven? Okay? Number one. We become personality-driven when, number one, when we promote ourselves rather than the Lord Jesus Christ. When we promote ourselves rather than the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? You think, well, yeah, of course. I mean, if we're promoting ourselves and we're, okay. But can I be honest with you? That can be real subtle sometimes. Okay? Even in the church, it can be real subtle sometimes. And if we're promoting ourselves other than the Lord Jesus Christ, also we become personality driven. Now listen, I'm all for social media. I think it's great. Man, Twitter's awesome. Okay? Facebook rocks. MySpace is like the ghetto of, you know, social media. So, you know, just, Okay? Social media is great as long as it's used for the right purpose. But I've got to be honest with you, there are so many people's Facebooks and Twitters and things. I do not do Twitters because I don't want to receive a text every time you update your Twitter. Oh, so-and-so is at the coffee shop right now. So what? They don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to receive a text every time, you know, hey, guess what so-and-so is doing over across the other side of the world? Okay? Not, I, just, I, I mean, especially if you pay for texts. Don't sign up for Twitters, okay? All right? If you have unlimited texting, hey, do what you want with it, but if you're paying, hey. Anyway, okay? I'm all for it, but honestly, it's, Facebook is funny, okay? Because you have, there's so many, as a matter of fact, there was a study, that little, a fun study that came out that said there's about 12 different categories that, that people that Facebook fall into, okay? And I don't remember all 12 of them, but there's a couple. One is the, one is the let me tell you everything about my day, bore. You know the people? I wake up in the morning, I just woke up, I got sleep in my eyes. <laughs> Great post on your Facebook. You all know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm sure maybe, maybe some of you are like, oh, that's me, dang it, you know? <laughs> you know? Walking to work now, running five minutes late. You probably don't want to post that, your boss is going to read it. <laughs> you know? Those people that just post everything they do in life, right? And it's like updated every five seconds. Those are the people I delete off of my Facebook because they just dominate it. And I'm like, no! Okay? You have others. You have the self-promoter. Okay? What is that? That's personality-driven. <laughs> the self-promoter. Hey, check out my latest blog. You know? Hey, I just wrote a book. It's going to be published in two days. You know? Whatever. You know? The self-promoter. It's all about themselves. Okay? What they're doing it's all about themselves. Uh, or how about this one? The sympathy baiter. What's the sympathy baiter? Oh, man, I had such a rough day at work. When is this ever going to end? They're just waiting for comments. They check it every five seconds. And if nobody has sympathy on them, then they add to it. Did I mention that my day was really, really terrible today? Y'all with me, okay? Or, or, the, or the, this one's fun. The obscurest. If not now, 
than when. I'm making them laugh, baby. <laughs> what, kind of a, what kind of a post is that? <laughs> if not, or Dave thought he was immune. <laughs> he was wrong. Immune to what? Exactly, what? What do they do, you know? And then they get, oh, what was he immune, you know? Everybody, it's, it's so funny. Or one, of, one of my favorites is one of my, one of my favorites, though, right? Is the friend patter. Now you pad stats. I got like 55 rebounds, you know, okay? The friend patter, okay? They have like 14,000 friends. It's like, shut up. Nobody has that many friends in life. Let's just get real. I mean, I think the average is like you can have 120 friends just like, you know, remember names and things like that. But you go on some people, you're just bragging, okay? Stop it. Okay, nobody cares that you have 14,000 friends, all right? You need to get off Facebook. That's way too much time off Facebook. I'm all for social media, but, but what are we using it for? Are we using it to, to, to really propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ? I mean, everybody, all the churches talk about, man, with media and all this stuff, we can really reach the world for Jesus. Or we can tell them about ourselves. I mean, the people with their TV shows. Okay, I love it. God forgive me. But what are we promoting? Are we really using it to promote Jesus Christ? Or are, we, are we really person-driven or are we being personality-driven? Because honestly, ladies and gentlemen, in a world, you know, where, especially in our society where it's all about capitalism and, you know, who has the most money, who's the most famous, okay? I, I'll tell you, I've been caught up in that before, you know, buying more house than I can really afford. Don't raise your hand. We've all done it, probably, if you bought a house, <laughs> Okay? Because, I mean, after all, if I buy this house for 100000 in three months, it's worth 700000 <laughs> And they all lied to us. And then we sell it for 50000 and we're 750000 in the hole, you know? Okay? We get caught up in that. Why? Because we become personality-driven rather than person-driven. We need to stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to preach Jesus and Him crucified. Are you with me this morning? He needs to remain the focal point of our life at all times. Uh, not, just, not just in church. Okay? If anything, can I be honest with you? If anything, this is the place where you want to let your garbage go. Like, you know? But man, make sure your, your, your focal point is Jesus Christ all throughout the week, man. Are you with me today? Okay? Are, are we person-driven or personality-driven? We promote ourselves or we promote Jesus Christ? We do with our speech, our actions, and even our looks. Okay? Maybe it's not a Facebook. Maybe it's not a Twitter. Maybe it's not you don't have a ministry or a platform to even promote yourself. But yet it's so subtle. What are you doing with the way you dress? When, when people look at you, do they say, wow, she's wholesome? Or do they say, wow, holy cow, look at... Be honest with you? It's either wholesome or holy cow. <laughs> what are you promoting? Are you with me? And this, and I just, I'm not, I mean, I got to say this because I'm all for dancing. See, people think I'm totally against dancing. And so they'll like, you know, go, you know, dance behind, you know, don't let Pastor Ben know you danced, you know, whatever, okay? <laughs> okay? Look, I'm all for dancing as long as you're dancing with your wife, your husband, or your fiance. But if you're dancing with a girl that ain't either one of those, are you with me? 
So people just say, oh, it's just dancing. There's no harm in it. Okay, well, let me ask you this. When you're you know, on the dance floor getting jiggy with it, shaking your stuff in front of him, is he thinking about Jesus, really? Can I just be real today? Oh, it was, it was a wholesome dance. We went line dancing. You know, whatever, okay? Whatever. Can I just be real with some people today? Save it for your wife, save it for your husband, save it for your fiancé, okay? I'm just going to be honest, okay? Because something's getting promoted, I'm pretty sure it's not the gospel. <laughs> well, I have Jesus loves you, Tath, you know, whatever, you know, okay? I'm sorry. What is your life promoting? Believe it or not, your life does promote something. And if it's not promoting Jesus, it's promoting yourself. Are you with me? But I, I, I died to myself, and I'm following Jesus Christ, then, then do what you're talking about. Do we promote ourselves? Are we, are we, are we promoting ourselves? Are we promoting Jesus Christ? I, I love John chapter 8, verse 54, because Jesus says this, I do nothing to bring attention to myself or glory to myself. John 8, 54. He goes, but that's reserved for my Father, and He bestows the glory on me. I paraphrase, but he's the one that brings it. He's the one, not me. I'm not going to do those, those things. What did Paul say in Corinthians 12, 6? Right, Corinthians 12, 6, yeah. Corinthians 12, 6, Paul said this. He said, look, if anybody could boast, I can. But I'm not going to. Because the only thing I want people to know about me is what they see my life proclaim and what they hear my words speak about. Paul said that. He said, look, there is no room for self-promotion. Now, i gotta, I got I to promote Jesus Christ. We become personality-driven when, number two, when we focus on the crowd rather than on the individual. We become personality-driven when we focus on the crowd rather than the individual. When we focus on the masses. We focus on how many people in church today rather than how many people got touched by the grace of God. And you say, well, I'm not a pastor. I don't have to worry about that. No, we, we all have to think about that one. Because once again, in, in a society that's driven by capitalism, more is better. So if I have 14 million people in my church, I'm better than the one that has two. If I have more. So we get so focused on the crowd... Okay, and this is what happens to us. We begin to, we begin to evaluate our success and who we are based on the crowd. But here's, here's the problem. Is Paul said, some plant, some water, but God's the one that gives the increase. And the minute I begin to look at the crowd is the minute I begin to accept or take on these shoulders the, uh, the ability to grow a church. And therefore, it's all about my personality. I can do nothing to grow the church other than keep my life holy and walk in obedience to Jesus Christ. That's all I can do. I plant, I water. God, do what you want with it. God, you, you, it's up to you. But man, that is a battle that all of us face. Not, not, just, not just pastors, but even people in ministry, people in business, people in job places, but even in ministry. 
I mean, you know, ministry, we'd rather have a, a room full of 100 people than 10 people that just desperately need God. In our community groups, we'd rather have, have 10, 12. I had 15 people at my community rather than two people that desperately need God. But the minute we begin to look at it that way, we're becoming personality driven. Because our focus is on the crowd rather than on the individual. And we must continue to focus on the individual. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He could be walking through a mob of people and a woman would reach through the crowd and touch him and he would say, who touched me? And he would focus on the individual. He could be walking with a throng of people down a road and he could look up in a tree and say, Zacchaeus, come, I'm going to your house today. He could be walking through, through a crowd of people and hear a blind man named Bartimaeus calling out, hold on, I've got, I got to focus on the individual. He wasn't focused on the crowds. He was focused on, what about when the crowds did come? And he ministered to them. What did he say? Hey, these people are hungry. We've got to feed them. That's how much he cares about the individual. Listen to me. God does not just care if you get into church. God does not just care if you get saved. He actually does care about your well-being. He does want you to get into a home. He does want to provide for your finances. He does want to heal your body. He does want you to enjoy this life. Are you with me? He really does. He came to give me life and life more abundant. He's given me all things for life and godliness. He doesn't just want you to be, look, look, we have a homeless epidemic right now in San Diego. Worse than it's ever been. And the church needs to step in and begin to help. And I don't mean just a church, I mean the church. Because listen to me, I know there's, there's people getting saved, but listen to me, God does not want those people living on the streets. He really does want to get them off and get them right and get them whole. Yes, I know the Bible says the homeless you'll always have with you. Those people, the widows and homeless, you'll always have them with you. And so we need to have ministries to them. But my God, I don't just want to make them comfortable on the street. We're going to do that and we're doing that. We're handing out blankets. We're doing all those things. But you know what my heart is? My heart is I want to get them off the street so they can have that abundant life. Are you with me? We can't just focus. What did Jesus say? Matthew 18, 11 through 14. Just write it down. We have time to go there. But this is about the parable of the one that leaves the 99 to go after the one. To go after the blind Bartimaeus. To stop for the woman with the issue of blood. To see Zacchaeus up in a tree. He was, he was, he was person-centered. He, he knew how to focus on the individual. Lastly, and we finish here today. We become personality-driven when? Number three, when we want to be served rather than to serve. When we want to be served rather than to serve. And I don't care who you are or what level of life you're in, we all face this battle. But as a Christian, as a Christ follower, listen to me, there is no greater servant in the world than Jesus Christ Himself. And we look unto Him, the author and finisher of our faith. And we look at Him and we see Him as our example. Read Philippians chapter 2. 
He didn't count it, he didn't count it, you know, robbery to, to have the fact that he was equal with God, but to come down in the likeness of man to serve humanity. To be the one that was fully human but fully God and bridge the gap so that people could come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the ultimate servant. And that's why we need to stay Christ-focused. Because if we stay person-centered, we can stay humble and we can stay serving. But if we become personality-driven, we begin to exalt ourselves. But the last time I read this, what does the Bible say? The servant is the greatest in the kingdom of God. He who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let me ask you a question. Are you serving? Are you serving your wife? Are you serving your husband? Are you serving your children? Are you serving your parents? Are you serving your community? Are you serving your boss? Are you serving in the church in some aspect, in some form, some fashion? Are you serving? We will fight this battle. It comes up all the time in leadership. When we rise to a place of leadership, listen, in this church, we will always promote servant leadership. A leader is never there to promote a ministry or to promote themselves. A leader is always there to come and serve. Say, hey, how can we make you a success? The Bible says in Luke 6:38, give and it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running all over. And I, I, I've, been, I've been a Christian since uh, I was six years old. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. <laughs> I was trapped. There was no way out. Tried to go a different direction. And I've been in church the majority of my life. And we have abused that scripture. Because it would be so easy for me to stand here and say, hey, Luke 6.36, give to Urban. Give to this ministry. And it will be given back to you. Press down, shaking together, and running all over. Praise Jesus. But if I really believe the scripture, I need to flip it. I need to say, hey, I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to keep giving to you. And how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I help you? How can I get you closer to Jesus? How can I help you fulfill your dream? How are you doing financially? How can we bless you? How can we help you? How can we, are you with me this morning? Because if I really believe the scripture, then I can live the scripture. And I can say as a pastor and as a church, look, our job, listen, our focus as a church, the church never existed for the pastor and leadership. The church always existed for the people. If you've never done it before, take a, take a, take a course on the, on the history of Christianity. And you will see the history of Christianity go like this. Why does it go like that? Because all of a sudden they would establish a new leader or a new pope, and boom, that pope man would be putting the people first, but all of a sudden they would start to get personality driven rather than person driven, and all of a sudden they begin to elevate themselves and elevate themselves literally to the place where the church was the most powerful institution in the world. And it would rise to this place and the people now, what would happen, the people now would get so disgusted and so upset with, wait a second, something's off. And they would revolt. The Pope would get taken out. And a new one would get established in the church. And then it would begin to happen like this again. That's the history of Christianity. Okay? If I could, if I could just be prophetic for a moment. If the church is built 
on this. When did we stop as the people in the church saying, wait a second, why is your Twitter account promoting you all the time? Wait a second, why, is your, why, why are you doing that from the pulpit? Why, why are you... You let me know. Let, let, let me just say this. I'll let you know where we're at as a church. What I believe, we're right here. But Jesus Christ is coming back for his pure, spotless bride. And the servant is down here. This is where the church is at. What needs to happen? It needs to get back down here. The Bible says, I'm going to start shaking within the church before I start shaking outside the church. Because if I keep shaking outside the church, they're going to keep being carnal Christians. But if I start shaking within the church, then maybe they'll realize they become personality driven. Maybe they'll realize they're promoting themselves rather than promoting the Lord Jesus Christ. And what God, I believe this with all my heart, we are right here. And I'm not talking about urban, I'm talking about the church across the globe. We are right here as a church. And God is beginning to shake the church. And that which can be shaken will be shaken. And it's not a bad shaking because what he wants to do is he wants to get the church because the servant will become the greatest in the kingdom. What does a servant do? A servant, if you could just sum it up, makes your life more pleasant. A servant. See, sometimes we think servant is that we we don't challenge them. I'll go with them to the party, but I'm not going to say anything. No, you're there as a servant to make their life more comfortable. And what they don't know is their life would be more comfortable if they got out of that lifestyle and into this lifestyle. Jesus, what does it say in Mark 10, 45? I did not come to be served, but I've come to serve. A church that promotes Jesus Christ does not come to be served. It comes to serve. You know if you're carnally minded if you serve unto your own good. You know if you're spiritually minded if you serve unto the good of others in Jesus Christ. Carnally minded? Guess what? You get a lot for yourself. But Paul said it leads to death. Spiritually minded? Guess what? You get a lot for Jesus and a lot for others, but because God gives back, you end up getting a lot for yourself as well. You can't go wrong when you serve. How has carnal Christianity crept in? It's crept in because we become personality-driven rather than person-driven. And I become personality-driven when? When I promote myself more than Jesus Christ. When I focus on the crowd more than the individual. And when I want to be served rather than to serve. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is so awesome. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that your word is real and it's relevant and it's still practical today. And God, I thank you this morning that as we read your word and even read what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 3 and the challenges that the church faced then is some of the same challenges we face today. But because we see how it was handled then, we can handle it the same way. So God, this morning, I pray that you would come upon urban. I pray that you would come upon every person sitting in these chairs. And you come upon me. God, and you would challenge us today. God, I pray that you would search deep within. And God, in any areas, in any place, 
that we've become personality driven. God, what are we promoting with our life? What are we promoting with our walk? What are we promoting with our speech and our dress and our... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we thank you for that cross, even as we talked about through worship as we took communion. It's at that cross where my sins were forgiven. My body was healed. My life was transformed. My lack was turned into gain. Hallelujah. And my sorrow was turned into joy. God, we thank you for that this morning. God, we thank you that because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we have someone to focus on. We have a person, the person of Jesus Christ, to focus on. And I thank you that as he remains the center of our life, we can remain humble and we can continue to serve. So, Lord, right now, I pray any area in our life that we're not humble and we're not serving, that, God, you begin to evaluate, you begin to discuss, you begin to point it out. Because we want to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you.